0: hey what's up everybody welcome to another episode of the retro time podcast I'm Jeremy and I'm Derek Derek what's up dude it is it's been a couple weeks but we're back man
1: it's good to be back
0: Feels you had good. a much-needed vacation I think you earned it
1: I did man went back to knowledgelin down... knowledgelins
0: yeah uh, how many poboys did you eat
1: I ate uh one whole Poboy and I stole a bite from my daughter's poboy
0: Oh, dad, I, call I call that the dad tax.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That <laughs> I paid bite. for
0: this. I paid for that cookie. I'm going to have a quarter of it. Give that's it
1: right. <laughs> Did not get a snowball. I missed I missed out on no that. No snowballs. Come on, man. No, no pralines. Um,
0: no praline. Did you have a, any coffee and beignets?
1: I had coffee. I missed out on the beignets. I might as well no, just go no back. Beignets? I missed my whole trip. Uh, come on, man. We're going back
0: in uh, the worst part of the year. We're going back at uh, July, <laughs> the end of July, the worst part of the year. Worst time to go to New Orleans, but. I don't know. When are you going to do it? I'm going to have a snowball and a po' boy every day. Shrimp po' boy dressed and uh, and a ice cream snowball. You That's deserve it. Get it stuffed. Stuffed. Oh, always, man. You uh, what's your favorite snowball stand, Derek, down in New Orleans? Oh, your
1: great question. I'm a fan of, oh, damn, so many good ones. Now, I grew up in River Ridge, Louisiana, okay? And there was a snowball stand called Droopy Snowballs. Droopy's Funny thing good. is- The sign said droopy snowballs, but some little maniacal kids took off some letters and it said droopy no balls (laughs) for about four years. (laughs) Nobody fixed it. Just droopy no balls. Uh And we would go down to old droopy no balls and they had the finest ice, shaved ice, because they'd Mm, sharpen every single day instead of the other place that would sharpen less frequently. Mm, So it was just like eating a cloud of delicious stuff there. And they had really good uh, syrups, syrups. And yeah. uh, so I missed
0: that place, man. So, they you know, bad. up here in, in uh, Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky, we have these things we call ice balls, which are very similar to snowballs, except it's like, it's like really crunchy ice. It's like, almost like the ice you get from your freezer when you do the crushed ice, you know? Um, but if Fresh. anybody's out there that has not had a snowball, it's like powder, like the first powder of, like, on the, on the side of a mountain and like a snowstorm, it's like just fine. Like, first day of snow. Airy, just like light, fluffy snow, uh, ice. Um, it's good stuff man and uh, God it's so good I used to go we used to go to when I was a kid to this place Sal's Sal's,
1: Sal's Snowballs on
0: Old Metairie and they had like all these little wooden stumps outside, out front yeah baby said, I, yeah, I, I know that place snowball. oh yeah yeah it. right by the majority and, of drugs more recently man um, I've been digging this place called Imperial Woodpecker on Magazine Street oh cool and they do like like their own syrups but they have crazy flavors like pineapple cilantro or like you mm. know jalapeno mango and stuff like that it's really good that's pretty it's nice. It's not man. your traditional snowball, but man, it's, it's damn tasty.
1: Hey, you got to uh, you got to make some progress Good somewhere,
0: stuff, man. Mm-mm-mm. All cool right, And cool. Anyway, so uh, we're going down to New Orleans. So uh, and Derek went on vacation. So you know, this summer we might not be doing them every single week, but we're going to try. Uh, but you know, it's summer, man. Give us a break. Yeah, give us a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> give us a break. Give us a break. Retro timers. Yeah, you're right. All right. So uh, you know, I didn't mention this yet. but <laughs> Retrotimepodcast.com. Get your stickers. The more stickers you buy, the easier it is for us to make these things. <laughs> um, get one for your friend. Yeah. All right. Derek, what do you want to talk about today, man?
1: Uh, I'm in such a good mood. Um, I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about nihilism. Nihilism. <laughs> or, or nihilism, uh, depending on how you pronounce we it. We believe in, in nothing. Your, with your friends. Uh, yeah. So the I stumbled upon a little video Um of this girl talking about how she uh, was kind of seeing the world a little differently and she was starting to get kind of um, nihilistic about how she viewed things so she would would see uh, like political systems keep doing the same thing to people throughout the years and she just she started to study it and she started to get frustrated about it and I started to think like man sometimes I get really frustrated about things that happen in my job We had a whole podcast we talked about. (laughs) And we talked, we had a whole conversation about burnout, but um, I think the feeling of burnout can also be attributed to this sense as you get more experienced that these patterns, these trends keep happening over and over and over and over again. It's as if you're punched in the face constantly. And Mm -hmm. each time you build up a little bit of strength, you build up a little bit of callus or whatever to those punches, but... Sometimes it's just like, man, maybe it's not worth fighting these people when they say agile every time they mean scrum. Maybe it's not worth fighting these people every time they say agile when what they mean is, no, you have a Gantt chart. And you started in 2018 and you have 10 different estimates over the course of four or five years. And, mm-hmm. you, and then you, you get to the end and you claim success. Um, even though you built half the features you said you were going to, well, you build. planned, Dirk. Remember, you got plans yeah. half the battle. <laughs> it's planning, so it's like I those kind of things just uh, they weigh on you over the years, you know. Yeah, with more experience. Yeah, it's
0: interesting when when you first mentioned this. The first thing I thought of was the Big Lebowski, obviously. But after that, obviously. um, what what I thought of was, uh, remember, our, I think it was our first episode we talked about like thriving in a corporate environment, and remember we talked about that one person who's just said, "Fuck it, I'm done. I'm just yeah. getting my paycheck." That's, this is the person that has like hit the nihilism, uh, uh, the nihilism the right threshold. Ni- he's the nihilism, uh, uh, threshold. Yeah. <laughs> and that person is now a nihilist. He said, you know, he or she, they've said, uh, screw it. I'm just getting a paycheck, whatever you want. I don't care. Uh, I'm out five o'clock, four 30, maybe even three, depending mm-hmm. on what day it is. I'm done.
1: Yeah.
0: Stop talking about my day at work. <laughs> Speaking Stop of which, Derek.
1: That. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. So, um. You no. Know, the nihilism, man. I, I think that's true. I think, like, you know, you. I think a lot of people might think initially, like, you know, um, uh, you know, big corporate environments would be a lot like this, but I, I don't think this is uh just corporate, big corporate environments. I mean, I, I used so. to work at a small ad agency, and I would have. Same thing, you know, like uh, the same thing over and over. Another stupid email. Of course, you called me at three, asking for something to be shipped at four, you know, on a Friday. Uh, I mean, that same kind of thing applies uh, across the board. I would say.
1: Yeah, it's it's almost like you're. It's almost like you see the stereotype of the, the the office space type corporate company, or or this. Even sometimes you see a stereotype of like. Oh, this this cool, rad startup, but they're actually operating in a pretty like negative way toward their employees. They're treating them crappy or whatever. Um, I never worked. I worked in a startup once, and I didn't get treated that poorly. But it was only because I think the guy didn't really know what he was doing. Uh, <laughs> he, he, would have, right he would have treated me very poorly. Um, but he there were no dates. There was none of that stuff. Um, he just probably didn't know how to really how to really. Um, Uh, properly influenced me to do good work Mm. i think that's what it was but uh yeah i mean i i was thinking about this because some days i feel this way and some days i don't and then i was thinking Mm. well if i don't feel like it all the time why why don't i feel like it all the time and i was like ah Mm -hmm. maybe it isn't something maybe it's that when I'm, I started thinking about it, and maybe it's when I'm looking at the big picture, the large picture, everything all at once, it gets very overwhelming, and I start to think, there's no hope. These knuckleheads are just going to keep doing knuckleheaded things to the end of knuckleheaded
0: time. Knuckleheads going to knucklehead, Derek. You know what I'm talking about.
1: You didn't talk about knuckleheads all the time. <laughs> so I keep thinking about this, and then when I, when I work with a team on a problem, and it helps get us past some little roadblock. And it kind of like it's almost like I'm in a dark room, and there are fireflies in the room, and I see one light up, and a little a little glimpse happens of wait a minute this could be better. Cause we did something good, and I move forward with it, and I get that that energizes me like for the whole rest of the day. This little mm. this little success, yeah. oh we and, or just figuring something out new, and so I think there's something about focusing on the small. And not the big that can actually prevent like deep nihilistic feelings about software. You know what I mean?
0: So when you say focus on the small, do you mean like the small things you can control right now instead of the big things like, oh, like uh, we've got this crazy deadline. I don't know, whatever it is. We got to have this thing shipped in six months. And instead of focusing on that saying all right, well, if that's the plan, we got to focus. But what can I control? What can I actually get done today? Is that what you mean?
1: I kind of am. Yeah. I think that the realm of control and focus are sometimes overlap, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes you really, really, really want to focus on something you have no control of because that requires collaboration with other people. And you got to dive deeply into that. But if you're doing that alongside thinking that there's no possible way I'm going to ever convince this person I'm talking to to do what I need them to do or to think the way I think. Because there are ten other people in the room, and they're all chiming in with their own ideas and their own, you know, there. And then one person chimes in, and he's a a jerk or she's a jerk, and then it's like there's no hope for this group or something like that. As Mm -hmm. opposed to focusing one on
0: one with people, I find I
1: get a lot more out of that.
0: Oh, I see. Okay, so you're saying like, you've got a team. Your team is a bunch of knuckleheads. You got a hard time dealing with them as a whole, but can you can you break off like divide and conquer?
1: I think yeah. I'm starting to think space knuckleheadedness space. is not an individual <laughs> affliction. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's actually it's a group, group affliction, think. right? It's like a group yeah think thing. Yeah, yeah. Because like right. I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can spread it if you don't ever join a group that is a, like a bunch of people who are mis- misled, misguided. It's not even like bad yeah. people, just misguided. Yeah. And sometimes right. they're so stressed out that they have no choice but to make a bad decision, and that can really make you feel like this is a, the worst place possible for me to work. You know, I don't want to do this. This is not, you know, but maybe something about experience and having some successes has made me feel
0: some days, maybe it's not so bad. Mm. You know, that's interesting. Cause I, I think I've, I've kind of experienced that a lot is, um, I, I tend to do this thing at work where I try to do a lot of one-on-ones like sort of, you know, and not influence. Again, I mean, we talked about influence a lot and influencing people in like a malicious way, but like you got an idea about something you think it's a really good idea. It's almost impossible to try to convince a group on their on their own because, you know, every, the group is influenced – or individuals are influenced by the larger group, right? So if one yeah. person has some negative thing to say, everyone's going to start, oh, well, yeah, okay, blah, blah, blah. But if you could break them off and and, and uh, pull – you know, have a one-on-one with somebody and talk through it and explain it in more depth and more detail, you can get more, more of their attention, and maybe you can change some things that way if you start to do that with everybody in the group. Yeah. 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 And wh- when I first
1: started on my current team, um that's what I did. I- and I started to get real energized cuz I'm talking to people who have ideas and feelings. But when they all got together, it seemed impossible. Um mm. so yeah, there's something about that and like you said before, what you can control and just focusing on that for a little while, maybe when you're stressed out or when you're burnt out or feeling like there's no hope <laughs> for this mm-hmm. for this godforsaken software industry as a whole um, or whatever, however you view it, maybe just doing something you can control for a little while. Sometimes that just like resets your brain, you know, and says like, actually that was kind of fun. You know, it was kind of like delightful to go and do some work for a little while that I knew I could finish, you know? Um, yeah. and I had like, uh, like for, especially when you get, you know, it's funny, dude, especially when you get to roles that are like, elevated roles where you're like an architect or a software manager like you go into the big meetings it's really really hard sometimes to feel like you can finish anything you don't get that mm. sense of satisfaction
0: of Cause you're, you're meeting you're literally meeting all day you're like, meeting you all day get and to do any chance to actually do any work yeah i actually it's funny i was talking to somebody yesterday. No, that was today. <laughs> it also goes together. That many meetings? It was this morning. It was literally this morning, um, and they were uh, they were trying to book a meeting with me, and they said, "Dude, your calendar is literally booked like nonstop Monday through Friday. Like, what, what is going on?" And I was like, "They're like, how many meetings do you have a day?" So I counted my meetings. I'm generally double booked, so I don't always go to every meeting that I'm added to. But like in order, the ones I can go to is generally about seven to nine a day.
1: Really. They must be anywhere from
0: thirty to an hour. Jeez, thirty minutes to an hour, and that does not include lunch. So I have my lunch time blocked off so that people don't book time over my lunch. Um, But yeah, it's a, it's a mess. You don't get time to do any actual work. I was actually up last night, dude, till midnight doing some stuff for work because I didn't get a chance to do it during the day because all the meetings.
1: If if that's the case for people who are in these elevated roles, where they're really, their goal is to be strategic and have, you know, really think through things. Collaborative work is the only thing they can really do because they're in meetings all day. And if you have any expectation for them to do something outside of that, they're working nights. It's a guarantee, yeah. you know. And I think that's setting those expectations when you, like, start a role. Like, look, you're not going to have any time to do your actual work like things you need to type things in the computer or look things up or even request access to stuff. Like I have to set time aside in my day in like a calendar invite for myself. So I can go Mm -hmm. request access to the server because I'm booked up the whole time. Um, And at the end of the day, I've noticed recently what I've tried to do to keep myself from getting too nihilistic about this whole thing is I've wrote written down instead of writing down my tasks, which I do that in a separate location, but like, In a little notepad thing, I write down my accomplishments for the day. What did I actually do? And it's Ah, surprising to me, surprising to me how much I've actually done. When it's not typing stuff in, like, I helped this person solve their problem. I talked to them. I got them through this issue. I calmed down this person because they were stressed out. I talked to this person who was confused about this, and I cleared it up. Like It's like, you know... um, or even, like, big things you'll forget. Like, I had this big thing I had to do with a, a, another big company we're coordinating with. And it all fell into place. Mm-hmm. And I got it all, like, sorted out. And it was a big accomplishment. And I just, like, I would have written it off because everything else is so stressful, you know?
0: You know what's funny? Like, when um we have a... We don't do stand-up every day anymore because I'm not doing, like, tactical-type design work. It's more longer strategy-type stuff now. But, like, when I used to do... um. Stand up every day, I would forget all the things that I would accomplish yesterday without writing it down, like you said. So, like, I have a to do list, and like, what I would do is check off all the to do list things so that when I did, um, you know, stand up the next day, I would re- say what I did. But, like, I would forget, like you said, like, I would forget all the things I would, if I had didn't have that written down, like, like you said, uh, I, I would have completely, I would like, what did I do yesterday? I don't remember what I did yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I did nothing, I did not sing. I um, I was a work nihilist. I did nothing. Um, anyway, yeah. So, um, but no, that's that's interesting though because are you saying that writing that down at the end of the day does what? It it like gives you the motivation to or, or shows you that like, hey, I was actually productive today when it didn't feel like you were being productive. Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of the things that I do, I write down to get them off of my mind. I put them in a checklist. Mm it's it's a weird different energy to do like just constantly be plugging through those items and keep them in your head mm-hmm. don't write them down you, you'll lose you'll lose a few of them if you do it this way but you know just it's an experiment and then only write down the items when you've completed them that once you write one down you've actually done it. And it's a feeling of completion, and then you move on to the next one. You have more. It's energy. like a little
0: mini ceremony for completing. Yes, something it's a
1: little risk. dopamine hit every single time, and um, it's really. See, I feel weird. that way
0: with like. I, this is sort of silly. I, I just did this the other day. Um, I, I, you know, coming coming out just out of COVID, I feel like I'm starting to get back to normal. Like I went to the office for the first time yesterday, dude, or Tuesday. Oh, there you go. Um, Anyway, I just started to like, I'm feeling like I'm getting back to normal, but I used to have a process. I used to have a notebook and I had sticky notes in my notebook that I would like, I would every day I'd have a to-do list and I would have that on my desk or my computer somewhere and on a little sticky note. And I would like transfer it from page to page. If I didn't finish it, I'd carry it over to the next day. And I had like, you know, over time, I would kind of like build the notebook up with like stickies inside of it to just like go back and see, I could see all the things I used to do, you know? And when I did, I had those pens, like remember when you we were a kid, you had the pens that had the different colors? Oh yeah. So remember my pen? I don't know if you remember this. I remember your pen. pen, I had like a green and blue and red and black ink pen. I had like the different things. And what I would do is I would use a different color to check off the, like a green. I would use green and then like check it off. Like I use my green pen to check it off. And I couldn't find my, cause it's been so long. I've been in office, like coming home and working from home, like completely ruined my process. Like everything. It just like blew it up. I stopped using my notebook. I stopped using my sticky notes. I couldn't find my pen. I like lost my pen um, and I actually went and I, I dug through like old boxes and stuff to find my pen I found my pen so I started using the green check box thing again the green the green to uh, check off stuff so I started doing that um, I don't know what my point was with that other than well, asked, uh, you gave me uh, the, nice the little idea. green thing dopamine hit that's what it was yeah the do- every yeah, time you checked it green. off you yeah, got yeah. a little dopamine
1: hit yeah that's some of the nice things about checklists sometimes they get a little overwhelming though Like you look at all the things you have to do and it's like sometimes I get to the end of the day and my checklist has prevented me from building the energy to do one item. I don't oh, even get weird. one done. And I'm at the end of the day I was like, oh my God. Tomorrow? And I was last night, this is funny. Last night I was stressing out. I was like having stress reactions to my checklist. Mm-hmm. Because in there like nobody's hounding me about anything. Nobody's I have no like real serious deadlines on me specifically. And it was stressing me out. So I created that myself, created like a, a monster. Um and it's like those kind of things, though, like, we have to be able to recognize those things in ourselves when our routine like starts collapsing our ability to do our work and mm-hmm. makes us starting to feel kind of nihilistic. And when our routine is uprooted, it we lose control. We feel this loss of control. and that's probably yeah. what you felt. because um, I felt the same exact way. I'm like, I go into the office every day and I say hi to Brian. And then I sit down, and then I, <laughs> oh, I open Brian. my book. I miss Brian. In it, I look over to Matt, and he has the same face every day. And Brian and tells it, you a funny
0: it, dad joke. He and, tells me yeah. the dad
1: joke. He <laughs> tells me about the web video game he's playing. Matt tells me some story. Same face, and it's comforting. All that stuff is mm-hmm. very comforting. These are my friends. These are my people. And then it's gone. And your yeah. comfort—you have to build your comfort back from the beginning. Not many people have had to go through something as a like an entire group like this before. So like cause some of that stuff is covid related but yeah. I think the routine like is if your routine isn't keeping you from doing good work and you know continuing to do good stuff uh sometimes like sticking with it is a little bit longer like sticking with your checklist technique um as long as you're getting the results you want it's a pretty good idea like trust the process kind of thing for um when they, mm-hmm. for like sports folks people
0: yeah all right so tell me this then derek um because you've been thinking about this longer than me what are some signs to look out for and you're thinking oh my god i'm reaching nihilist nihilist threshold um uh what what uh what are some things man what are, what are yeah. things, uh, things to look out for
1: i'll put you in a scenario and then i'll ask you how you feel okay okay all, all right, right let's do it okay so that you're in a meeting good. you got 10 people we're talking about uh, a new architecture for a system. That's a whole workout, Derek. A new architecture for a system. They jump in halfway. They do not include any context as to why they want what they want. And they ask you a question. So what did? Which, what should the UI framework be for this in your role? How do you feel at that point? Uh, confused. Confused.
0: Lost. Lost. Um. Upset, perhaps that they've skipped a step. Um, I think that's it. Those three things. Ready to go to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> when I get to those situations, uh, I, I get all those
1: feelings, and then I'm disappointed. I'm mm-hmm. disappointed in these people. Like
0: disappointed. Okay, yeah.
1: I'm just like, I. You're better than this. You're better. Like, th- I was just thinking that yeah, you right, are. Right, you're better Fucking than this, right. better than this. You are better than. Jumping in halfway, stressed out, like pushing hundred percent like do you live your life this way like how do you pay your bills? how do you you know how do you do anything in your life? do you do it all this way? Are you late on everything? like you know um, are you do you do everything this like I mean this way and and it's like whenever you're feeling disappointed or, or kind of like all the things that Jeremy just mentioned he felt that's the sign that you're that you're on the road to being disappointed uh being nihilistic about your job but like it's stopping in that moment and do what i like to say is sometimes do the thing that's the least comfortable to get you to feel more comfortable what i mean by that is stop hey guys we started halfway through can we start from the beginning i'm very confused I don't know what's going on. And this is me. Maybe me. Maybe it's me. Start the start, Derek. Dude, the trick is, you say, every time you say, ah, like, oh, it's maybe me, that's confused, but, uh, you know, I don't know if, <laughs> look, I'm new here. You might not even be new here. You <laughs> might just be saying that. And then somebody yeah. else will always be like, Yes, if you could yeah. please, if you could please start from slide one instead of slide forty-five, that would be great. <laughs> you know, like uh, you
0: know, that's funny, man. Most people, like I think, if, and this goes back to the group thing that you're thinking, like this. Uh, you know, the group, the knucklehead, of the group. Um, what's the right word? The the knucklehead is not the people, but the group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Right? Um, the uh, the knuckleheadedness of the of the uh the the group as a whole. Right. Um, the collective. Um. There's so many people that feel really dumb asking questions and they will not say anything. And so the assumption is that if no one says anything, they must all understand. And I think that's a very wrong assumption to make. Um, but in your case, as someone on the other end of that, the best, uh, the best way to um, clarify those things is to just ask and not be afraid to ask. And I think... Um, that helps to clarify, right? And so I don't, you know, maybe that doesn't. And um, if it won't. It won't solve the nihilism if you're already there, I think. But uh, if you aren't
1: there yet, I mean, if you're working with, with a bunch of absolute jerks, then you'll find out very quickly by constantly saying, "I don't understand. This is really confusing for me." Um, and I, I, it's not because I don't, you know, I don't know this. It's just I don't understand the, what you're saying. I don't understand the way you're presenting it or whatever. Um, can you try it a different way or maybe help me understand it differently? If they constantly push you off and tell you, you know, you don't need to know this. This isn't, you know, valuable information for you anyway. Um, maybe that's not the team for you because you've tried to to inject yourself into the system. And, and you're, like, you're like the vaccine for the virus, you know. You're trying to get in there to force people to cure themselves. It's sort of like uh, when you said collective and made me think of something near and dear to both of our hearts. The Borg. Okay. Mm. So do you remember one Mr. Hugh from futile. the Borg? Do you remember Hugh?
0: Yeah, Hugh, I don't think I do.
1: He was extracted from the collective for long enough where he started to realize Oh yeah, was, okay. He was okay. an right. individual. Yeah, yeah. I what you're talking about now. Yeah. You got to be Hugh. Your mm-hmm. organization is the collective. They'll always be the collective. Be Hugh. Convince them that there isn't one way to do it. If you're, con- if you're concerned about, you know, yeah. why are we always doing things the same way? Be you Realize you, you're
0: self-aware. Like, you're not part you know, of a I collective. Was, this is sort of uh, relate, unrelated, but I think it comes back. I was listening to this interesting podcast the other day. They were talking about conspiracy theories. And not the conspiracy theories themselves, but the, the psychology behind why people f- fall for them. Like, the whole QAnon crap. Like, why yeah, people yeah, yeah. just believe this stuff to be true. And what's interesting is the psychology behind it is very evolutionary. It's very based in like evolution, right? Humans had to collectively come together and agree on a, a, a like a uh, a perception of of reality to mm-hmm. survive, right? Like, uh, you know, giant tigers are bad. <laughs> yeah. We need to stay away from giant tigers. Whether or not you've ever seen a tiger in real life. And uh, experienced how deadly a tiger can be. At that point, it's too late. You have to believe your team or your, your your tribe that tigers are bad. Stay away from tigers. And so, evolutionarily speaking, it was beneficial for you to believe what the group said, uh, so that you wouldn't die by tiger. Death and by tiger. Over time, we have evolved, and and now um, it's very easy for us to hear a lot of things. Other, we talked about this in the. The monkey episode, remember, where we talked about uh, the monkey experiment and how that wasn't necessarily true. You got to be yeah. that monkey that comes and tries to get the banana, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, not not, and you know, just constantly asking why. Why are you doing this? Why? Now, one thing that. Um, I will say in this, you just use this as an example about, you know, this is a need to know, you don't need to know, whatever it does. I have been in that experience as a as a UX person constantly, right? Like people making decisions, this is like constantly UX people asking for a seat at the table, quote unquote, right? Yeah. Um, we get left out of a lot of really important conversations because we're seen generally as people who make things just look pretty, mm. right? And so what I found is finding those people, having a one-on-one with them and breaking them off from the larger group and explaining the value that the UX perspective could bring to that conversation has, on very rare occasions, not worked. Interesting. And so the next time they have a meeting, guess what? We're there. I'm there. Somebody's there from my team. Um, That doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes you get the people who are just jerks, but most people are not jerks. Most people that you work with at least generally want the best for the software, the best for the user, and that's the best the experience possible. They just were, you know, ignorant and again, there is a negative connotation to the word ignorant, but they were just they they were ignorant to the benefit that one perspective or, or another could bring. And it wasn't and them so- they
1: didn't make themselves ignorant. That's the thing that I'm starting to realize uh, over the course of many years of doing this. A lot of times they didn't force themselves into that ignorance. They were, they stumbled into it almost, Mm -hmm. you know, through the course of their
0: own experience. Yeah. Or it was just the, we've never had a UX person before. Yeah. Yeah. So I had no idea that these are things we could do, you know, we could do some types of interviews or investigation or some research and figure out what the right approach is and blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, so I don't know the one-on-ones, I think break, like you said, breaking those people off, man. And and if, if like the collect, cause I feel like that might be the root cause of nihilism at work is just the systematic dumping on you. Right. Yeah. The systemic, just the constant dumping on you and just feeling overwhelmed. And like you essentially, I think if you, maybe if I could boil it down from my, my thought, at least it's like. You become a nihilist at work when you realize that all of this is just useless. Everything is useless. There's no point.
1: Yeah, when you start to feel There's no that way. No yeah. point
0: in this anymore. Um, and uh, that's that's sort of you know when you start to realize that you start saying that to yourself like, what's the point? God, I can't wait to go home and have a drink. Yeah. Um, what do you do then, Derek? That's a question. No, what do you do? Well, you drink. Drink. Oh, no,
1: uh, no. So the uh, <laughs> when you start to feel like there's no that's that's an interesting point because you can feel like what you're doing is useless my job right. is useless but you got to think like i was i was i was doing a training for my job and in the training in two spots where the product that i work on in the global company training oh yeah to do one specific thing you had to go to my product to do it my you know the product that i work on right now and that's i was important. like whoa, wow this is given to everybody, and it's a whole—it's a whole like domain of work that needs to be. It's a compliance-related thing, and I'm like, whoa, that must be important. And then I found out our, our system has fifty thousand users, you know, um, more than any other system I've worked on. That's and impressive. yeah, it's a lot of users, uh, people that use it and and rely on it every day to get their job done. Um, the nihilistic part of me says. Our our company doesn't sell software. It sells physical things, and the software is required to manage the physical things. This That's isn't like a software company. That. It's a whole different conversation. So I can get real nihilistic about that, but then I can also think, well, for the people who did buy that stuff, well, let's make their lives as easy as possible. Let's let's focus on that, and let's just keep it simple. Your goals, Spoken like a true UXer, Derek, you gotta keep it. You gotta have your goals be dead simple when you're doing mm. your work if your goals in the back of your head are I need to convince this guy to convince this guy to convince this guy to give me a promotion you're going to be stressed out all day if your goals are very simple I need to make this thing simpler for the people who need it because they are out there busting their butt to use the things that we sold them and try to you know whatever you're doing if you're keeping people in the sky if you're powering uh, power plants if you're just uh, you're delivering pizzas whatever it is that's what they're there for like, nobody, and if you, if you think of, um, like, for instance, Domino's, Domino's is not a software company. They're not. But they thought about it, and they were like, you know what? If the software matched, if the software was almost higher quality than the than the pizza, don't tell them a little bit of quality. quality. <laughs> know I
0: actually, um, I've heard the opposite, them. though. I've heard, was it Domino's or another company, some fast food company or quick casual company? I heard something like, they're, they're a software company that sells pizza.
1: Well, they'll say that, but they their their money doesn't come from the the and that and that maybe that's how they change their yeah, their business right. around, you know, um, to focus but, on that first. But so. the
0: technology that like places, I mean, I don't know, this is off topic, I guess. But the technology that places like like uh, uh, Domino's have created to track your pizza and how like you can get it there within like X amount of time and, um, and now they have
1: robots bringing it to you and cars, incredible, man, yeah, they have robot cars to bring it to you. Crazy. I blew stuff. my mind. But anyway. And they sell video games. Yeah. Yeah. And Avoid yeah. the I mean, Noid. Remember that game from oh, it was, What a game. Um underappreciated <laughs> for under-appreciated. time. Uh, but yeah, for so sure. you know, I think, you know, that's these these are all my thoughts on the thing um on, on nihilism, and uh that's really it's really what I got today.
0: I like it, man. Just don't go peeing on anybody's rug.
1: I wouldn't do it. Derek, I wouldn't do it. do it. Ties the room together. Okay.
0: Really ties the room together, Derek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I like this idea, man, and and this is something um, I don't I don't necessarily have answers for it, but um, you know I think this is something that can affect a lot of people, and I think it's it's large companies, small company, whatever. Um, I guess the the big thing is like just not letting it overwhelm you, and um, you know trying to focus on why why you why are you here to begin with. You know maybe maybe a, for some people the answer might be I, I got to get out of this company. Uh, but I think for a lot of people, the answer might be like, you know, what can I do to change my environment or change my uh, change the culture to the extent that I can control it? You know, can I change the culture of my group? Can I change the culture of my team? Um, what are things that we could do to change our, our processes that might actually be beneficial? Are there is there are there education moments? Are there um, moments that I can educate the team for maybe a better way? Maybe they just aren't uh, familiar with how to do something one way or another, or yeah. perhaps it could be finding the root cause of the collective knuckleheadism, right? Yeah. Is, is there some outside thing mm. that maybe I can't control on my own, but as a collective team, we could solve it? You
1: know, uh, I don't know what
0: the answer is, but
1: when you were when talking, we were talking about, um, kind of folks focusing on, you know, uh, kind of smaller things and and, uh, abstracting yourself from the collective. What I was thinking recently was, you know, I get a lot of value. I get a lot of uh, good feelings out of doing work myself. But when I can give something to someone else who like is looking for something interesting to work on and they Mm -hmm. go knock it out and surprise you and like I would never have thought to solve it that way. I'm really glad I, I asked them to do that. It's like a a, it's almost like a bigger feeling because now like, oh, man, I have a partner in crime now. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're like the goodness of your team gets a little bigger. You know,
0: you know, you mentioned something earlier. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was about like something about like all the meetings and having all these meetings like, God, just another freaking meeting. What's the point? Blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, can you delegate some of that? And and when I say delegate I don't mean delegating to direct reports cuz not every has has direct reports but maybe there are people in your team you're like hey listen I've got so much stuff to do right now I'm really overwhelmed do you mind going to this meeting for me or That's I've got I've got to uh, go to this meeting do you mind doing this thing for me real quick do you mind emailing somebody about something or do you mind setting this thing up for me do you mind doing something like, are there is there something you could delegate? I, mean, I look, I'll, I'll I'll pay you back. I'll take you to lunch. Do something. You know. I don't know. I don't know if that's possible, but um, you know, that's the kind of stuff that may help you from getting so overwhelmed that you say, "Screw it, I'm done. I can't take this anymore."
1: It's a good point. That's a really good point. I like it. Okay. Tons of them. Got tons of them Derek. Just just born with it. Maybe born he's, with the points. Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. That's something I was thinking about. Like, it just uh, can we delegate? You know.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's a good. good it's like a
0: good learning opportunity for a lot of people too. That like may want like the experience that you have to do those things. You know, maybe for you it's a mundane, boring task, but for them it might be a new thing to learn, exciting stuff. Yeah. Depending on what it yeah. is.
1: I've experienced that a lot. People who mm-hmm. are just like, I've always wanted to do that, and now I get yeah. to. You know, it's like you you want to restart the database. <laughs> okay. You know, it's funny. When you have right. the term, Whatever
0: floats your boat. You know. Okay, nah. Good <laughs> <laughs> When you have the term architect in your name. Yeah. Uh, I feel like just the things people think that you do sounds way more interesting.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <than they> actually <laughs> That's are. That's so true.
0: <laughs> uh, when I say architect, it means I meet people all day long and don't do any design anymore.
1: I just made that so box 10 pixels smaller. You want to see <laughs> how I did that?
0: <laughs>
1: Boom. So. Oh, man.
0: I like that, Derek. Good uh, nihilism. Don't pee on any rugs and, uh, you know, stay positive, kids.
1: Stay positive out there. Keep your head up.
0: All right. Was that it?
1: That's
0: it? That's it, man. It's a good episode. I like it. A little yeah. nihilism. Uh, a little nihilism goes a long way, Derek. So don't let it... don't the old saying. Don't let it, don't My grandma let it, uh, used to tell me that. Don't let it get you. Don't let it get yeah. you down. Uh, cool. So we'll, um, we'll, we'll post some stuff in the show notes. And uh, Derek, find that video. I'd love to see that video. We'll post that in the show notes. Okay, you got uh, it. Completely unrelated to software, but uh, it started this whole topic. So, uh, it did. So I think it might be worth it at least reading. You know, speaking of uh, rich people and communism, um, I, I saw this video recently of Grimes uh um the the partner i guess i don't know if they're not married the partner of uh the richest man in the world elon musk um talking about communism <laughs> and how ai can uh, make communism better for the world and i just find that so fascinating
1: <laughs> yeah there's a lot <laughs> that of at the partner I of have. the
0: richest man in the world arguably the richest capitalist in the world um apparently doesn't have a huge problem with communism which is uh I just wonder what they talk about when the when the cameras are off.
1: When the lights go down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Some interesting stuff. I'd um, love to know Elon Musk's views on communism. We'll get he, him on the
1: show. Let's get him on the show. Yeah,
0: we'll get him a call. Hey, just send him an email, see what happens. Yeah.
1: Hey, everybody else join.
0: <laughs> Grimes might join. You might get might be able to get Grimes on. Yeah. We'll give it a try. Probably not. <laughs> it's funny. I, I I know she's a singer. I I couldn't tell you a single I don't even I don't even know what aside from that one video where she, I heard her talking about communism, uh, I didn't even know what her voice sounded like before that.
1: Yeah, I, I can I can guess what her song sound like, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure I just wondering. guess.
0: Kids you know. today, Derek. Kids today. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? All right. On that note, um, kids today. Uh, go to retrotimepodcast.com. Get yourself a sticker, like, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell a friend. Go on over to your work Slack channel and post that podcast. And when I say that podcast, I mean retro time. Uh, and let all your uh, coworkers know. About nihilism and how um, you don't want to be a nihilist, and uh, to just you know quit peeing on your rug. And um, that's it, Derek. That's all I got, man.
1: Great, take it easy, Until guys. next
0: time. See ya you. When you're in doubt, doubt, and doubt, and when you're in danger, take a look all around. Jeez. I'll be there. Boom, 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 boom. I'm sorry, but I'm just thinking of the right words to say. Honestly, I know they don't sound the way I plan them to be. But if I had to walk the world, I'd make you fall for I me. Promise I promise you. you. I promise you. I will. I will. What do you do then, Derek? That's a question, though. What do you do?
1: Well you drink.